0: Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. I am excited that we are back for the second season of Foundation. I have been looking forward to this premiere. I have been excited about this series. I finished the first uh, prequel. I am about a couple of pages done with the second prequel. These are two very distinct properties they do share similarities but if you are going to be someone like myself that jumps into the book after watching the series or even after finishing season two it might be uh, a little a little jarring on some of the differences and there are quite a few but As stated previously, an adaptation is not meant to and should not, quite frankly, be an absolute copy of the original work. And I think there is plenty because that was one of the critiques I, I had seen was that, well, they're not focusing on the plot points in the story. They're focusing on the characterizations And I can say as someone reading both of the prologues, the lack of characterization is a bit, I mean, the books are dense. They're dense. They do jump from thing to thing. And you could tell that as much as I enjoy the big picture of what Isaac Asimov is bringing in the science fiction genre, the focus on the people are not, even within the conversations, they're rather,, whew, they're, like, they're, they're <laughs> It would be my one critique if I have to say any critique at all in regards to the series is there's not a lot of heavy uh, meat when it comes to the people. They are very much just people needed for the bigger thing that's going on. If and you, that doesn't make sense to you, if you didn't read the book, but I do enjoy the book very much. Actually, I, I enjoy after the second one a lot. And I like that I can go into this world and notice certain things without having to Worry too much about it affecting my view and experience because of its distinction. Because I was getting concerned that I was going to jump into this new season and start just looking for things. And no, it's very casually thrown in there as oh, if you read the book, she would probably kind of get this line or, or that particular set piece. Like I believe we saw the heat sinks, which is something I've been trying to visualize in the books. And I think they gave us a visualization of it in the show. That is just one example. I have epilogued enough. In Seldon's Shadow was written by David S. Goyer and Jane Eppinson. Directed by Alex Graves. I gave this episode a 9.6 out of 10. I did love what was going on in Trantor and I was slightly intrigued on what is happening on on uh, Terminus and I felt a little I don't know about what's going on in the in the Synex. before we jump into the recap wherever you listen to this podcast Podbean Stitcher Apple podcast Spotify Go on to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback, blockercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below as well. The new intro looks pretty damn sick. I watched it all the way through. The visuals, they do not at all (laughs) cut corners with them. And that is visual porn that I am very titillated by. Seldon's consciousness from the knife is going through what many prisoners in isolation suffer. Emotional damage. He doesn't understand why Rache's life was given for Gales because he was supposed to be the one in the pod. Not her, but because she knew what was happening, she became an unpredictable part, kind of like an outlier in the plan. He has a few epic quotes here idolatry will feed his sickness as well as god made wine to compensate those who cannot afford revenge i think those two particular quotes will have some insight into the season as it unfolds he speaks of himself as a god as he had a plan equivalent to the divine one but as Gale remarks, quote, any man can be a success, but it takes a madman to be great. And we know this because history often proves it. Nietzsche, Nietzsche, brilliant, Frederick Nietzsche, uh, madman. <laughs> he, he literally went insane. Uh, who's the, oh man, who's the writer that cut his own ear off? There's a lot, it's just... <laughs> There's definitely a correlation And there's a reason for that correlation Back to the most awkward conversation Ever My name is Silver Harding And I'm your daughter
1: What the hell did you just say What do you mean by that
0: You may not have recalled the embryo you donated But surprise I'm it And also significantly older than you Which I would think Would mean that you're Emotionally advanced And thus should know the I was always yours might be a bit much on top of everything else about how you came to find her here. But she was defining what I would consider thirsty. (laughs) Because I know I have feedback from Mimi in this podcast. (laughs) I'm going to throw that line out there. They both do share this six cents through space and time that many years of cryosleep later half reunited them and she wants her to tell her everything that's a long long story i'm not quite sure i'm gonna give you the entire story because it doesn't feel like she got even half the crumbs that she uh I think the the reckoning's going to happen and she's going to get the whole thing. Trantor with the rings around it looks stunning now that they don't have the the bridge. As gail explains the first foundation, notice that they call it the first now, succeeded in acquiring a few planets from the empire at the e- outer edges whereas the empire like the, the rising water, which is a lot of analogies they love to pull in this particular script. steadily is rising, causing it to contract. You know what else is contracting? My lady part, seeing Lee Pace naked and breaking a sweat. So, I'ma call your big daddy and scream your name. Matter of fact, I can't wait for your candy ray. So, what you saying? I get my swerve on, bring it live, make it last forever. Damn, the kitty cat's time mm, Daddy, slow down your flow. Put it on me like a G, baby, nice and slow. I need a rough neck, need a hand and a sack. Who ain't afraid? to pull my hands, spank me from the back. No doubt, I'm the player that you're talking about. Mm, but do you really think that you can work it out? I shorty real stick it out the man I represent she was
1: raised out I represent she
0: was raised out I'm in the mix now searching for the right spot to hit I am so jealous of his husband Then I came out of my self-induced fantasy realizing what he's doing because all I was seeing was his ass going up (laughs) and I was like oh yes please bang me into the pillows like this Uh, but alas it's not me who he's fucking I was instantly creeped the fuck out when I realized it was Demrazel I'm like she raised you. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, they're so nasty. And while, yes, this was hinted on, it just feels, I'm sure some in someone's mind, this is a romantic story. <laughs> I am not one of those folks, okay? I understand the intimacy, trust to protect confident, but then when it starts to slide over to that maternal figure... Like I, I wiped your, your shit and your poop. (laughs) I I suckled you. I'm pretty sure she did not suckle those. She cannot suckle those children, but you get what I mean. It just reeks of Sigmund Freud's obsession with dicks in the mother's teeth. Just as she tells Empire to open his eyes because he know he should be shamed, which is why they're closed. He glimpses an assassin just in time to use Dimrizel as a shield, which results in half her skull coming off. This is intriguing as almost no one knows that Dimrizel is a robot in the books and there's a reason for it, but it is seemingly known within the palace grounds. And even last season, I believe someone suspected as much. They're certainly changing what I have an understanding of Demrazel to be, which is curious because I don't know what they're going to do with this character. This day isn't like his predecessors, relishing the physical altercation with the assassins to prove his manhood and utilizing the skills to unleash his barbary, but his cockiness at being protected by his, his aura costs him a blast. Uh, which shatters uh through his his chest area Uh, of course part of me is thinking you got guards for this shit and the fact that you can control them and they're robotic and you can just use or maybe it's not even that they're not robotic actually i take that completely back now that i think about it he just lifts his fingers and you know one of his guards automatically responds to his command especially if that command is deaf, that makes a lot more sense but they just wanted to have a scene of him kicking ass (laughs) butt ass naked and I don't at all uh shame them for that I don't care if it didn't make sense it it was a show a show I enjoyed seconds before death Demerzel saves him pushing her robotic hand through the sternum of that guy's chest while Cleon throws a blade to end the last assassin, she easily carries the naked man. I will say Empire, Demerizel. I don't know why that made me laugh, but I didn't need either one of those words. <laughs> no, I'm, no, Im- Empire was fine. When he said Demerizel, that's what I was like. Come on, you are not. Not after that display. She easily carries the naked man to the healing tank the way he was dumped in. <laughs> Once again, I don't think any of these scenes were meant to be comical. I just found myself laughing. <laughs> I don't have an explanation. She injects him with something that will stave off the poison, seconds away from ending his life. And I was thinking, was Mademoiselle? aware of the attack because she have orchestrated the attack kind of surprised she killed from what I know about the laws of robotics but I have a feeling all those things don't apply Harry's consciousness is now in the prime radiant I think we casually glossed over the idea that consciousness can survive or even be extracted into an inanimate object or how knowledgeable that information is in the galaxy. Don't know if we'll come back to it, but we'll put a pen there. A flashback shows Harry was always a curious child, changing a 2D, 2D shadow into a 3D shadow with the encouragement of his mother. His father, on the other hand, is more upset about the cost of the book uh, by ripping out said page from the book and now it's totally ruined which i don't think it is since that page looked like it needed to be ripped out anyway or it was meant to which garners him a slap across the face and this seems like it's a regular occurrence nothing like childhood trauma and daddy issues to spur one's motivation to overcome the odds because harry is definitely more determined after remembering why he became the person he became in the first place the visuals were intriguing as he traverses the prime radiant eventually running into yana his love sorry doris who has passed he knows she isn't there and is proven correct when she does not speak like his life mate you like work work it out Gail has a vision about something in the future that spooks her into searching for Savor. Savor returning in a boat believes her mother drowned due to how long she can hold her breath underwater as she was searching for her. She also sees the beggar down there. I like the way in which the boat, like again, the visuals are chef's kiss on this show gail explains that she has dreams of the future whereas salver has visions of her mother's past and while she believes this is something they have in common gail points out it's not the same oh so nothing in common hello darkness my old friend i've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping Calm down, Salver. You're convinced that this is meant to be, and it may not be. Enforcing it is not going to get you where you want this relationship to be. And while I love that they went into the scene that they went into at the end, these are very basic concepts to understand. (laughs) not even like oh you carried me and now you know about me no i was an embryo i was a thought i was a maybe in your future and now i'm here and you you're just like you're wanting it to happen so bad salver wonders why gail hasn't opened the prime radiant and when she lies she proves it by flipping her instinctive coin 173 years have passed since Selden died. The foundation has thrived since it's uh, isolation, but it's days of being unseen by the empire are approaching. Hence why a siren goes off that hasn't been heard in 138 years since Selden uh, Harding's time. Selden, no, Salvar Harding's time something the new warden remarks upon when the vault hath open. the new warden is played by oh uh, what is his name i want to say mike holt i'm gonna find it at some point probably when i'm listening to feedback because uh, there are a few new characters that probably needs some introduction but he was in Mine Hunters. that's what I know I'm mostly from while the null field is lifting there's no sign of Harry and the warden doesn't think there will be he believes the time of the vault opening is their warning to get ready for war something that the director and the brigade have been preparing for even though the brigade, the brigade will never think it's enough notice there's far less idealist scientists the nerdy kind and now everyone has gotten heavily militant harry follows the person impersonating yana who tells him he needed a familiar face that he can trust while not on board with the tactic her cadence reminds him of something gail quoted "Anapestic trimeter the work of one mass person mathematician poet named Kali he figures out he is in the space he and Yana figured out using Kali's formulations for the prime radiant back on Sinex, Gail explains she moved Harry's consciousness there last night as she doesn't trust him and who and what he is willing to sacrifice for the plan Now, there are two consciousness of Harry out there, and I can't help but think that is not going to be good, because as we know, different experiences can deviate one's path. Gail is also aware of Harry's egomaniism, if you will. He mentions it himself, only he can be trusted with everything, and that might be a problem since the other person looks like he trusted was rache and while gail is someone special maybe that's why rache gave up his spot maybe he thought that she was needed for the plan and not him i don't know this is gonna be intriguing because she's supposed to be somewhere else that she didn't end up being Harding calls her out on not trusting the plan in itself, and while she may not care about what has happened in 138 years, she does. And the fall could have already happened. So they check on what's going on with the prime radiant. She shows her how to access it. But something tells me Salver still doesn't fully grasp because when she was doing all that, she's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> like, do you see that? No, I don't. I don't. I don't know how you're managing to do this." The second crisis is on their doorstep, but the plan is veering off course due to the fact that things have changed, such as they'll not being there to lead the first crisis or solve the first crisis in the first place, (laughs) whereas if they don't prepare now for the third crisis, the age of darkness won't be shorter, but so long that the end is nowhere in sight. Back on Trantor, Day shows his personality. He screams in pain, refusing the antiseptic or anesthesia. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. Uh, as he fears being decanted while hilariously blaming everyone, including his younger self, of trying to kill him before demanding everyone in the room gets him a towel. Feels as if he is overcompensating in his masculinity if you ask me which is funny considering what queen sarah have to say about about his building project so i may be onto to something there. <laughs> uh, his younger self doesn't seem to be impressed with all this brashness and you know way in which he's trying to show his machoism day leaning on dawn so casually like he's his crutch ask the shadow master who attacked him the blind angels which are highly encrypted assassins highly trained and also won't leave a trace of where they came from and so he must die once everyone has left the room day says don't you feel like a singularity i feel like a singularity i was about to die I didn't want to die. And furthermore, if I were to die, I would just be decanted. Something that really is sticking in his craw because I won't even know about it. I'll just be gone. replaced. Isn't that abnormal? They're like, no, that's the abnormality in our genes. (laughs) Ignore it he wants to marry and have children to create a legacy a genetic legacy of his own and fears dawn and Dus, who are opposed may seek to eliminate the possibility so he has them interrogated dawn said you don't have to sift through our memories we have nothing to hide how about i do anyway you can see the cracks shifting here though And it seems to come mostly in the form of day as he's going through this particular crisis. And it may be something each generation of day has gone through, which is why dawn and dusk are rather allowing for this attitude, so to speak, while he has the mantle of because the other day that we met was already feeling some kind of way before he found out it's almost like he knew like something's not quite right are we really just the same copy of this man and then finding out otherwise probably continues in this particular age time frame where he is fighting against that idea of being a part of something or an assimilation versus being a singularity. And he thinks that Dawn and Dust must surely feel these same things, but they both deny feeling this way. So either they have felt it and are denying it or have yet to feel it and are denying it. Uh, This newly formed hostility though will definitely add chinks in the armor that can't be undone as it seems to have escalated over the generations, continuing to distrust the people you should be the most trustworthy of due to your insecurity of position is going to only eventually push them into the path that you are accusing them of already doing. Day finally checks on Demerizel, who he is generally concerned about. That black earring. Baby. However, the way he said we are doing something like, hey, what we were doing, was that indecent? And it ties it to a conversation he had later with Dusk. I'm guessing the fucking is rather recent and it may be purposeful on her part. Because it leverages a certain amount of emotional control that Dust definitely sees through. <laughs> and considering she initiated it, also aligns with that. And the fact that, you know, this assassination attempt happened and he doesn't at all. I mean, he's questioning everyone but Dimrazel. Like, oh, well, she was there and it's a good thing she was there because she's the one that saved me. If you save the person that, you know, you think is supposed to be, have their life in danger. And she seemed to only interfere when, because I know her ass could have got up off that floor sooner. (laughs) Only when it was, uh, it was clear that it's Aura. Like the fact that they are now realizing they are not impenetrable that's a problem that's going to make everyone feel more at edge and more in touch with their mortality as well. Uh, but back to the way he said, like, oh, did we do anything? Was that indecent with a smile? It felt like a kid screwing the hot teacher, everyone salivating over and having a crush on, forgetting that, you know, as the kid in the situation, that it's not. It's not right all you're thinking is it's cool and you always wanted to and it feels good and I don't understand what's wrong with it but you know maybe some years later (laughs) you realize you know maybe it's not okay for a 35 year old woman to be touching on a 15 year old boy something given out of love is never indecent is what she replies and I'm like girl pedophiles say they molest children out of love so I gotta call bullshit on that one Not everything given in love is decent. (laughs) We go back to another glorious scene of the ship leaving Cloud Dominion. I like seeing the heat sinks. Uh, And it's a a unique enough design that I was attracted to it. It contains Queen Sereth and Rue who is getting her ready by remarking upon how the rings were not there. They were working on them the last time she was there. And there's a mention of it like a lizard, but there's an analogy, you know, a lizard does certain when they're insecure and they're like, they're going to, she's going to under be underestimated. That's what I got from that conversation. As she's arriving, Dusk is chastising Day for fraternizing with Demerazel, something Day takes great delight in, seeing as his predecessor did. Dusk hears about how his aura failed him and how lucky it was that she was there and suggests that uh, he hire Day and an outside firm to investigate because either the guards are in on it or incompetent. And while he is focused inward, he should also be wary of those outward. Day remarks that, hey, we keep bringing people in, embracing in our empire. And we don't know who, like foreigners are not so foreign anymore, or always foreign. But, you know, this is part of parcel of the job. <laughs> We're always going to have people around us scheming. They mention how the queen not they dusk mentions how the queen engineered the accident that landed her the title of being queen and while both day and Sarath haven't agreed to the union it was day who made the proposal believing that they are drifting further and further from their genetic code dusk wonders why he is steering them because he agrees you know what yeah we are drifting a little bit apart but It is an odd thing to steer them directly into the rapids, whereas they were only just drifting. Mayhap he is an outlier himself. I don't know. Desiring his own agency or self within the dynasty, though, seems to be a competing theme. It's a game of dominion and always has been between these clones of themselves. They always trying to live up to the greater version of who they want to be or, or was before them and have itch to define their own godlike uh, or being worthy of their godlike creator. It's time the empire learned to paddle again, brother. Their conversation upon showing how beautiful the queen's entourage is with her standing in the light of the clouds, cloud dominion, and the way she lifts her blue line eye to the camera all of that was just visually visually stunning back on Sinex, Gail declares home isn't home like that wasn't very clear from the moment you got on this one little raft it's already breaking apart <laughs> I mean it looks super cool don't get me wrong but that's like How long did you think that was going to last for you to even (laughs) already not be thinking of what plan B was? It's a good thing they came to this conclusion, though. There's a hurricane coming, warned by the sea life below, and they need desperately to get the beggar up and going as they now have multiple crises to deal with. So Gail and Salver head down to the ship to get it rebooted. Things fortunately for the most part go well With Salva admitting it's weird Cause first she tries to help her And she's like don't Cause she don't like to be touched Uh, But then she apologizes She says you don't have to apologize My thirst is real This is weird I've spent a long time in hypersleep Thinking about how this would be And I assume we just have this connection And then I would make sense But Gail said it's been a day Relax Don't do it I couldn't process my trauma and ran away into a hyper sleep back to my planet. I don't think you know how much I'm not really (laughs) mentally prepared for what you want to come next, but we both share that everyone we ever loved is behind us and they are the last of the Synactrians. queen Sarah this was my favorite scene of the episode only because she was dragging the shit out of Cleon (laughs) I think when they said she was not to be underestimated I was thinking she was gonna be like a chameleon you know super uh, effusive in her mannerisms no no This is a man who can take his two fingers and order you dead. They saunter into the hall where Cleon presents himself. Rue presents the queen, who Day was definitely curious to see how she looked. When he presents her brothers, she remarks, well, they managed a kind look for the usurper, acknowledging she is fully aware of what people are saying about her. And she was going to address the elephant in the room. Rue presents their gift, which Dusk happily <laughs> received along with Dawn. Well, Dawn got to explain how giddy he was about this paint because Dominion, her kingdom, engineered the science of acting active chroma, which is what they use to paint the murals of the walls. While Dusk is satisfied with this particular If Don looks like he would rather investigate Sarah Scroma, but Don has always been rather attracted to the romance, right? I don't, I don't, I don't think there'd be a romance going on, but because she doesn't seem, she ain't even looking at boy's direction. he tried to keep catching glimpses and uh she was focused heavily on day and having her verbal confrontation with him however when empire offers a brass copy of trantor a symbol of what is being offered to her she said it's beautiful but um trantor surely has more empire or is this a vision of a diminished future and we thought she was done no no then she followed that up with your rings are impressive but surely there are more efficient ways to launch payloads in the space
1: what did he say
0: not to be outdone but not realizing how stupid he sounds he goes when you have such a large empire all trumps efficiency Nevertheless, one wouldn't want to interpret them as an overcompensation for compensation for weakness. Of course, I'm on the sidelines going, baby girl is wildin. Someone get her Rue, get her. Get her. We were we were not ready. Then the way she just tossed that brass thing aside like it was shit. She's like, nobody want this. <laughs> he didn't get the last word though. Because Demrazel demands their attention. Debbie Weiland too. You could talk in front of my new empress. No, I cannot. I don't see any actual written declarations. He said, no, nah, she may not know it, but we getting married. Bitch, I'm marrying you. <laughs> I think his kink is strong females. I wonder where he got that from. (laughs) Oh, man. So, the colonel that died last season, his body has finally been discovered a year, centuries actually later. And they see the message about the Anacreons taking over the foundation while Dusk wants to crush what he believes was a mistake by letting them go in the first place that wasn't you though bruh then offers restraint to see how far things have gotten make them think that they are still unseen because we need to see how far the rot has spread if it's down to the trunk earning a side eye from dusk Dust decided on him for fucking Demerizel and immediately agreeing with everything she says. And he's probably like, I've been through this phase. I just didn't tell you about it. Dust does have the last word, though, because he goes magicians, angels. There's talk of people who glow and they body. I think those are the magicians and a prophet. Harry Seldon, that's going to lead them. So you got provisional brides. Get your house in order, brother. Dawn. Just looks conflicted every time he's in the middle of these conflicts. (music) Harry realizes that the person he is talking to is the Prime Radiant. It has both its creators involved, Yana and Kaylee, who helped build it. And while Harry never would allow a sort of consciousness or a way for the radiant to learn to develop itself uh he wasn't its only designer his work is incomplete and she says she's here to help him get to completion having a vested interest in humanity's trajectory while she believes it's the same thing as humanity's survival harry doesn't agree and while she can't let him out She is trying to help him knit his fractured mind back together. He is able to recall his childhood explanation of dimensions because he wasn't in the mood at that moment to figure it out. To find his way to the door, she wishes him good luck and tells him that she can help him more if he meets her on Una's world. The girls are trapped and need to find the code for something on the ship that will allow them to fly gail is reluctant to let harry out seeing as they parted on bad terms gail or Salva thinks that she's being ridiculous until harry shows up yelling gail's name looking very angry and telling her it's time she and he had a reckoning i told you what did i tell you didn't i tell you because i told you mm-hmm and when did I tell you a long time ago and what did I say what happen when I told you exactly what just happened that is gonna do it for my review I did want to give a shout out before we go to feedback to the new characters thus far introduced Queen Seraph of Cloud Dominion is played by Ella Ray Smith I know her from Into the Badlands Rue is played by Sandra Yee since Sin Sin diver and the warden is played by Holt Mick Connolly. I don't know where I got Mike Connolly or I don't even know what I was saying Mike Nolte <laughs> from but clearly failed with his his name but credit has now been given where it's due I think Ben Daniels is also supposed to be in this season I love me some Ben Daniels I don't know who he's playing, but I heard that he was supposed to be in this season. That's all I got. <laughs> Let's hop into the mailbag.
1: Mail, motherfucker. What up, Stina? It's me. This is my feedback for Foundation uh, Season 2, Episode 1. So, um, don't expect this to be long because I got to be honest with you. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, I made sure that I was not distracted and I was paying attention fully when I was watching this and I saw everything that's happening, but the comprehension level, girl, I don't fucking know. I have no idea. And I don't even, and I watched the, like, recap, but I seriously don't even remember what happened last season. The last thing I remember is Salvor, um, she took, um, like, one of those, like, sleep, I don't know, those cryo-sleep pods, and she went to Salbrax? Salax? Cyrax. I think it's Cyrax. Whatever planet Gale is from. And she found her. And it was like 138 years later. So over a century. So I remember that. Um, but what happened, I, I'm pretty, I thought that um, Harry was in that little, I don't know what it's called. The little black thing that's on um, Terminix. But now he's also in the that little sphere, gold sphere thing. I i have no idea i really don't understand um i do get that um it's been 130 years so i know that the Terminix that we left they're a completely different group of people like it would have been like get not gail um Salvor her entire like her boyfriend is dead her mom and dad is dead. she didn't have any siblings so everybody she knew was gone and it's it would be at least a couple generations past like they've been dead for a long time um but what I don't get is why um Day is boning the android lady I thought she didn't like him because he was a liar granted that's a difference Generation. I just. I, I guess I don't remember if their memories like pass down and down. Cause the last thing I remember about the android and Day was she was like she said he didn't have a soul because he didn't see anything in that in that water after he you know did the the excursion and made it to that pool. It was just darkness. But now. Um, if I'm understanding it correctly, they um, he had some, someone, like, tried to kill him, and they were ninjas with no eyeballs, I guess they're called the blind angels, um, and I'm assuming they think that, like, we're supposed to think that this is coming from Terminex, because I, I remember they, like, the, they decided to, like, work together with some other... Alien group is trying to take over Act. I remember that, but the details are fuzzy. But and I do realize that the last, like the last uh, scene we saw with Day and the android and all them, was like the, the report of the one trying to get in t- contact with the um, empire. Uh, the transmission finally made it there, but it was a century later, like hundred and thirty-eight years, like. I don't know what they thought was going to happen, but if it, if it takes that long for your um, SOS to get across the galaxy, motherfucker, what was the point of sending it? Like, just to let him know, like, did you know you were going to die? I don't remember. Maybe he knew he was going to die, and he was just trying to, to let them warn them, but, I mean, after a, over a century, they got a really good head start, so that war is probably brewing. <laughs> anyway, so I'm just, I, I, I'm probably not going to be, very good at this uh, right now because it's been so long since the last season. Um, and I remember I watched it um, after you guys. I wasn't caught up when you guys finished, but I know it's it's been over a year. I would say probably like two years since the last foundation. I just I hate when shows are that far apart and they don't give you a more in depth recap. Some of us don't have really great memories like that um so for them to not give me a good enough recap of what the fuck happened it's kind of disrespectful um because y'all y'all know this show this show to me is like watching westworld the reason i didn't watch it until yesterday was because like the day that it came out I was not in the the headspace like I can't watch this and pay full attention and I'm not going to understand what's going on because even when I pay full attention and I'm not distracted I still don't know what's going on so like I have no idea Um, I don't know what the plan is I know Harry was talking to it was a like they weren't real I think it was the actual like the little goal thing I forget what it's called but he was talking to it itself apparently it I guess over the last 138 years since um, Gail trapped Harry in it he like the, the thing has been evolving into like some type of artificial intelligence because of the, the brain power that was already in it and it, was, it adapted and it evolved. Whatever, I don't know. Um, I still don't understand why Gail trapped Harry in there. She says she doesn't trust him, which is great. But you also followed him and did everything he told you to. Um, I know the last encounter they had, if I'm not re- if I remember correctly, it was her her boo thing um, that killed Harry to trigger whatever war was going on, and he he died. And she got sent. I think she got locked up again. And she woke up, and some time had passed again. So she keeps waking up in different times. So I'm just real confused on what is happening right now. I know you read the book. Maybe you can give me a more in depth recap because I for for the life of me have no idea what's going on. I understand the sequence of events that's happening in the show, but I can't link it up with what's going, what happened in the past and. Like, it's been so long, <laughs> just in general, like, from the l- the last episode of season one to this one, that a lot has happened. But then there's this giant-ass time gap. So, I mean, maybe we're not supposed to know what's going on right now. I'm not sure. Um, the Oh, the last thing is, I guess, Day is... Decided he wants to get married and and instead of just cloning himself, he wants to have a child. I guess because the, I'm, I remember the last uh, Don that they had, um, they had to kill him because his DNA was uh, compromised, but they must have fixed it because clearly in the last 138 years they've kept recycling the same DNA and made clones. But now his right idea is to have a child, so he's going to marry a queen from another galaxy. I don't know. Um, I don't think this is going to go the way he wants it to because I, like a clone of a clone of a clone, I can't imagine it's going to produce the greatest DNA genetics. Um, And then the thing about actually reproducing. The difference between that and actually cloning is that you can't choose what genetic makeup your children get. They might get a lot of stuff from you, and they might get none. They might get the worst parts of you and and your wife, or they might get the best. So I I don't think he understands what he's doing because he's so used to the perfection of cloning. So this actually might be good. Um, The empire needs to go anyway. Anytime... One person has power <laughs> over an entire, entire galaxy, bunch of dimensions. I don't fucking know what the hell the foundation is, but it's just the same person over and over and over again, recycling himself, cloning himself multiple times, um, even to the point where he has a spare older self and a spare younger self, and it's just going to be Cleon until... Infinity, um, the end of all days, yeah, that's never good, so, um, Terminix, I, I feel like there's a power in the mix beside them, but I guess we don't know, I do, I did see that they actually have thrown a lot, so I guess, I guess we'll see, um, I'm gonna end it here, because at this point I'm just continuously saying that I don't know what the fuck's going on, which I think is clear at this point. <laughs> So until next time, love, peace, grease, the Black
0: Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Mimi out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode, or her more like her confusion as she states. She's like, Y'all can fuck yourself with that short recap. I didn't even watch it, so I don't know how in depth it was. Um fair enough. Fair enough. And it has been that has been a year and a half, I will say that much. Um what can I do to recap you? Let me see here. Uh, I'm going to hit the huge plot points. The foundation, of course, I'm, I'm not going to get everything. Cause you said, the, you probably remember up to a certain point, but in the ending, Salvar Harding, she was able to solve the first, uh, crisis by having them overcome the anachrons, getting the, the, uh, having them have the ship uh, taking control of that ship. So the foundation could basically uh, be hidden away from the empire. And they had sent a team out there to investigate what was going on. But that team was killed. And the guy that they found was one of the members of that team. I think it's perfectly plausible that in space and with the stretch of the empire he would be found because anything in space just doesn't go around that's the thing that uh cracks me up they did a Rick and Morty episode of that but you don't watch that um but they, they made this joke that everyone thinks that space is empty it's like no there's shit up there <laughs> it doesn't go away uh you know it could get sucked in a black hole but most likely if it's something like the guy had a metal he was encased in a metal thing Uh, I don't know about his body looking as fresh as it did, but finding the equipment he had made. Yes, he recorded his last message and that message finally got to there. And what they were saying in this episode is they were under the the impression because they fooled the Empire into believing that a, a solar flare destroyed that entire area. And because the dynasty was rocked by the fact that they have impurities in their genetic code that it's corrupted they never sent a follow-up and as dust said we dropped the ball so because we were distracted and didn't do a follow-up like we should have we we never really uh we thought the problem had went away with the foundation now we're finding out when this message is retrieved holy shit uh things happened and now the fine foundation still there and thriving and that other day they always were suspicious of something else bigger going on they just didn't know what it was uh as far as salvor after she helped the foundation with the crisis or whatever she decided she wanted to find her mother after having visions of her and mary selden finally i keep saying selden mary uh salvor they do sound very similar uh, said it's okay you know go after your mother and so she did and she went cryo cryosleep for 138 years until so she landed on synax which is her mother's home planet and met her there as far as gail is concerned no she she did not she's not on board with the she was on board with the plan up to a point he was one of her last recruits and this is very accurate to the book um but Gail does not that's another thing I can't too much with the books because they they're they're not the same Gail's role what she played in the books and what she's playing here are two different things she's a mixture of a few characters I have a belief in um but as far as how we left it with her she discovered Raish killing Harry. Hillary and Seldon set it up because he was dying for Raish to kill him because he knew that he could never go to the foundation. He never intended to go to the foundation because they're gonna look at him like the Messiah. and he didn't want that. It would ruin it all. So Gail was his chosen pick to run the first the foundation to get it up and running. Raish was supposed to be on that pod to go to the second foundation that was going to be set up on his home planet of whatever the fuck his home planet was it's it's escaping me right now and i know that from the books uh but when she woke up because his consciousness was in the knife that Raish threw in with her Raish, she woke up on the in the pod it was uh, uh as you pointed out some years later because i need to do the math but somewhere between 138 and 173 (laughs) so whatever that math ends up to be she woke up uh close to where the second foundation was but harry was shocked to see her because she was not supposed to be there she's shocked because she's like what the fuck she was never in on what actually was going on with the foundation. All she helped up to that point was supporting Harry selden uh and believing in his idea of psychohistory and understanding psychohistory. But as far as how much her tentacles are involved in following him and setting things up, not much. So one would say uh in the world Birds of Westworld, she's an outlier. She seems to also have some type of power that's passed down genetically from her to her daughter. Her daughter uses it in the way that she's able to determine if people are lying, but she also has visions of the past. Whereas they say that in this episode, her mother has visions of the future, which is how she was able to know something was wrong when right before like that was explored when the uh i think it was in the show as well as in the books when the 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 shaft exploded she says something's wrong and then the shaft explodes so she has some type of precognition uh and i think that's gonna tie to some things that we have yet to know about um the second foundation and there's a lot, in. there's a lot. <laughs> um, so some of the things, yes, you're not supposed to know. But a few of the things as far as how we got here, for the most part, that is the so once she found that out and once she understood that she had precognition and Harry understood she had precognition, um, that left him at a, a crossroads because he wanted her to take him so he can make the second foundation And she says, fuck you, I'm not doing that. And then she decided that she was going to abandon the ship that was headed for the second foundation with his consciousness and go to Synax. And that's what she's been doing in hypersleep for 138 years. And right when she got there is when her daughter happened to get there as well. So whatever cosmic, whatever, brought them together, circumstances, It seems to be intentional so there's a clear i think exploration of otherworldly type things going on and gail and Salvar are being closely tied to that uh which is interesting because they did do it a little different with different characters in the books so i got a gist of what's happening but how they bend it for the show i have no idea we're not supposed to know and then the whole queen sarah thing you're not missing anything there that's new she's not even a book character even though i have suspicions of what she's after and why she's after it uh what other questions did you have um well we don't know how them feels he felt he was gonna die i have no idea what that is I have no idea what that was for. (laughs) Thought he was going to die. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Um, Man, you have to be really specific with the questions because that's all I got thus far. There was a war. The Anachron's lost. Uh, They were able to make a, a deal between the three of them. Harry came out the vault. Oh, yes, that's that's where it is. He's at the vault. But he has two consciousness. And yes, there is no explanation for that. But he has two copies of his consciousness around. One is in the vault. That's on Terminus that opens when there's a crisis. And then the second one was in Rach's knife, which Gail transferred to the Prime Radiant in this episode not last season uh so she tracked him there because she herself doesn't want to deal with what he has planned like this was not what she really signed the fuck up for and it's way bigger than what she signed up for and it cost her a great deal because she really loved rage and she really loved harry as like a father figure she looked up to this man but you know he a lot of things were done in the shadow and he did use people as parts of something without giving them the information and she was one of those parts to be utilized and so she doesn't want to confront now after running away from what she was being tasked with doing Uh, now that race was no longer around so that's where her story really is is at right now with the galactic empire where we left with them yes he had the the kid the dawn he was a genetic anomaly and after they were arguing because dusk and dawn dusk and day they've been going back and forth about this abnormal abnormality and then she took it off the table so my guess is If I have to guess, it's not been explicit right now, but the way they was acting, anyone has that has shown a abnormality or has shown to be so different from the genetic code is dealt with and decanted and easily replaced. And that person probably doesn't even know they're being replaced, which has caused a certain amount of paranoia between the genetic dynasty. Now you mentioned about how he's going to do his clone DNA. I don't think that's even, I think that's hilarious, but I don't even think that's an issue or a problem. Because even in, it seems like the the science right now, and we're talking about people putting their consciousness somewhere. Uh, I think it's, it's more about making his own legacy, his own dynasty. He wants to be a part from, not a part of this genetic clone thing that they got going on and he's very vocal about it he's very brash about it whereas dust feels that things should stay the same and then you got dawn kind of in one of the same positions he was last year but not with a lot of power and fully aware of his difference where you see even all these. Di- they're different people. They're not the same people. They're, they've been generations for So you see that Dusk. Rather he's more. Uh, you know he's a little bit bolder. When it comes to, to bossing up on Day. Day is reacting. More so. And he keeps thinking that his brothers. Are just going to fall in line. And then. You have Dawn. Who's far more quiet. But kind of watching and observing as things are because he's like a son today so their relationship in itself is very emotionally charged uh so him wanting to just have his own little genetic dynasty it's just him you know wanting to make his own stamp like hey my shit's gonna go on i don't think he cares if it's if they're uber successful or gonna be just like him uh it's just about the good old-fashioned most i'm overusing this word and i know i am but primordial base needs for humans that's what males are to the genetic species um they're meant to help pass on the genes i mean if you look at apes if you look at monkeys if you look at uh a lot of other male uh, species, like, um, what's the one that just swim all the way? I think it, that's, oh, uh, dang, it's a type of fish. It's not salmon. Maybe it is salmon, but their only job is to swim and it degrades them and they get there and they die. But <laughs> the whole journey is so that they get the chance of passing on their genetic material. So that is one of the most base needs of a male in uh in the hierarchy of society and it just feels like homeboy wants to do that it's like I don't want to just keep being the same variable passed on and passed on and passed on uh, I think that's all I got if I'm sure we can always talk offline and I think after the review that might be more uh filling in of what's going on in this particular episode. But some of the questions. Yeah you're not going to. We, we are meant to, to learn. Uh, and once again the book is way different. Way different. Some things are, are really the same. But uh, some of the characters. That are in here. Just don't exist in the book. And some of the book characters. Just don't exist in the show. So. Um, it'll be interesting. To see how they play this out. But there's been talk of of revenge and there seems to be this uh and th- that's one of the biggest things i have to say uh, to, to say one last thing to your to your argument of one man um it's odd because in the book the empire isn't looked upon as this uh bad entity just because one person is at the head of it one it's not even <laughs> like Cleon is a puppet he, he's he's a guy that sits on the throne and he's considered a rather mundane uh runner he's not a really bad guy but he's not a really great guy and he is considered the most stable person in the Empire I mean it consistently comes with the success of the Empire uh that that proves, that the the one rule that's a little different in the books because you don't have the genetic dynasty but for the show in the way they are trying to mirror it in the books it's not an evil it's not looked upon as man this is something it's more like it worked all the way up to a point and now it's disintegrating and now we need to figure out how do we come up with the next stable system but as far as the book now I would say the same thing a dictator for life but I think the point of it is this one person Cleon was so great that he just made great copies of himself so if you always have a one person they always make the right right decisions and and the best decisions and the best tactics and you have Demrazel next to them consistently pushing them to the correct decisions and the correct tactics well yes it is one person at a godlike state but sometimes maybe that isn't the worst thing because there isn't so many hands in the pot to contaminate the soup i don't know if i would fully fully support it but In a certain mindset, in a certain world, I can see it. I can see it. Uh, It's just, it's uh, the antithesis, whatever that word is, of democracy. And and thus, it's considered an evil virus of Satan. (laughs) No, that's communism. But, I mean shit y'all gotta go start looking at the facts look at some of the crime rates in some of these countries with only dictator type rulers (laughs) they're better than ours so on one hand we want to say that there it can't possibly work but there's certain circumstances in which it clearly did work um that assimilation under one ruler was beneficial to the country at hand i mean even if you go back to the uh war of the roses the 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 civil war because of so many candidates that could be king versus finally being one and and more people were happy about the stability of that one empire that they continued to to uh support that empire why it lasted so long those dynasties that lasted so long so i uh, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, definitely not as uh, black and white as it would seem at face value once again if you want to send feedback blacker at gmail.com my social media will be below like share subscribe until the next time peace hair grease blacker magic